0: Hello, you're listening to the Solid Word Bible Church podcast. Whether you're at work, driving in your car, or getting your workout on, we hope and pray that what you hear today will fill your spirit. Come join us as we walk through God's Word together. I really appreciate the Lord's leading through this book because it has blessed me. I don't know about you, but it has settled and helped and blessed me tremendously In this, because of what it has pointed me toward, it has helped me to focus on with my mind of who God is, and thus it was able to settle me. Um, And so I was really grateful for that. Before we get into the word, just as a reminder, Sister Nikki actually mentioned this just quickly when she was talking about um, praying for um, Deacon Curtis McManus. We have um, three of our brothers are actually with Samaritan's Purse, helping out now with the remnant of what happened with the floods in Kentucky. Um, And if you go on to our missions page that we have on Facebook, you'll be able to see some of the pictures that was posted there. And so um, Deacon Curtis McManus, Brother John Haram, as we know, who just married, Sister Jackie on and then also um, Brother Dwayne Baskin is there um, as well. And so the three of them have been working hard um, uh, since they've arrived over this weekend. And we just want to continue to pray for them as they are serving with a greater team um, to bring help in that area. So just a reminder for us to pray. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 50. We're going to be looking at verses 22 through 26. This is the end of Joseph's life. It is also the end of the book of Genesis, we know. And, um, and, and, and there are some things in this end-of-life narrative that I think is good for us to remember, and Joseph was reminding the people of as well. We can get caught up in Joseph so much that we forget the God of Joseph, and we don't want to do that. See, we can do that with other people. Sometimes, especially if people have had a lot of influence in our lives or they've been a big part of our lives, sometimes we can get so wrapped up in them that we can forget the God who provided them. And Joseph makes no mistake in where he points people. But I think this is very good for us because it helps us as the Lord uses folk in our lives. I'm titling this the end, I'm sorry, the the summary and the end of a life well lived. I have that backwards in my notes. The summary and the end of a life well lived. We've talked about this throughout that there are consequences for the choices we make in life and how we choose to live. And we may not always see those consequences or those results. Those seeds may not grow into trees right away or grow into plants or grow into whatever it is right away. But you will see the results. And they will either be for your benefit and blessing or they may be for your bereavement as you you are in grief looking at what you've done in this life. And God lays it out all through Scripture. It is a commonality that we see that the Lord is constantly showing us the fruit of our choices by people in Scripture. And it's for us to be able to latch on, learn some things so that we live differently. So that we don't have to say, God, I didn't know that. God said, You should have because I showed it to you, as my mother would say, umpteen times. Still haven't figured out how long that is, but to her it was long. I've showed you a number of times through different people, but for some of us, we have to learn it ourselves. But before I do that, too, even after I read, I want to just summarize Three of the ways, and it's only and it's, I'm, I'm only talking about three, there are more, but three of the ways in which God used Joseph's pain in his life. See, because I'm glad that that can be summarized. Why? Because that's our lives. If you haven't experienced pain, folk, live long enough. You know how I said, live long enough you will. And that life on this planet, on this ball, on this earth is filled with pain. I'm not trying to paint this morbid picture, but it is. Life is filled in this journey with times that will bring us some sort of pain, and we will have to deal with it. And, and, and many times, the choices we make that will give us the consequences that we receive are the result of how we handle pain in our lives, how we handle those things that come and bring disease and dis-ease and discomfort. And many times it will direct how we live for God. And so as we get into his word, we're going to look at the three things that God allowed Joseph's pain to, to be in his life, and then we're going to look at as we end and summarize how the Lord Uh, wants us to look at this life well-lived and well-ended. So join with me. Let's just read together. Starting at verse 22. So Joseph remained in Egypt. He and his father's house. Joseph lived 110 years. And Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation. The children also of Micaiah, the son of Manasseh, were counted as Joseph's own. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will visit you and bring you up out of this land to the land that he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. So Joseph died, being 110 years old. They embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. Father, may your word continue to be that light for us, that we would see you more clearly, and see who we are to be as a result. May it also be a mirror, Father, as James talks about, but may it also be a mirror that we will see who we are and where we need to allow you to change us, strengthen us, encourage us, give us wisdom. In Christ's name, amen. <clears throat> three things. First, before we get started on this text, three things that God allowed Joseph's pain to do in his life and to be one. Number one, it was instructive. As we look at the life of Joseph, what we see is God was instructing Joseph on a couple of areas. One, who he is. He is a sustainer in the darkness even when you don't know what's going on. He sustains. Even when injustice is unleashed on you, And even when people are acting out of evil, God still is working out his plan. It is instructive. But it was also instructive because it was teaching Joseph something. See, Joseph had gifts that we don't hear ever were displayed or came out until he was in the position he was put in understand this. Oh, he might have thought, I wonder if those days around the house, if Joseph was the organizer and the administrative guy and people, you know, he got on people's nerve because of what he did. But we see here that the gifts and the talents of administration, of organization, that his interpretive skills, as far as the dreams were concerned, they didn't come out until he was placed in painful position and in the darkness, not knowing what was going to happen next. What am I saying with that? Sometimes God will instruct you and me in our pain. That's the classroom. It will be through what happens to you, whether it is right or not, that God reveals himself, But he also begins to show you things that he's placed in you that he once worked out of you. And that's what was happening with Joseph. Joseph demonstrated excellent administrative skills as he was treated unjustly and in lots of pain. What is it going to be for you? God used his pain to be instructive. Second thing that God used is pain. God used Joseph's pain, he allowed, to be destructive. What do I mean? It was destroying some things that needed to be destroyed. See, Joseph was coddled as a kid, big time. Dad's favorite. Why? Because he was the first child of his dad's true love. Remember, he was tricked into marrying Leah. And so all the kids of Leah to him was, this is, these are the kids of the manipulation and the trick. Was that right of him to think that way? No. But he still did. And so for him, when, when um, Joseph was born, it was the first child of the woman that he had wanted to marry, not the woman he was tricked into marrying. And thus he treated him that way. And he just gave so much. And I can imagine the amount of work that passed over Joseph and was handed to his brothers of the mother Leah. And they and we see it in Scripture. They couldn't talk to him. It said that they resented him. They could not speak well to him. He was hated. And he was probably allowed to watch all the other brothers work. You have a family member like that? Usually it's on the younger end of the scale. Usually. I'm not saying all the time. Usually it's on the younger end of the scale. Older kids would be like, those younger ones never. Oh, they get. See, we saw a different side of our parents. There's a six-year gap between me and the, and the next sister. And then the, the, um, the other two after her. And so we always had this conversation of when we would hear things that our parents would do with them, we would go, what? Oh, they never did that. Oh, they would never allow that. Oh, my gosh, they allowed y'all to do? Oh, we couldn't. Of course, we filled in all the blanks. All those special privileges. Well, I can imagine Joseph, especially with that coat of many colors, because it was not out-of-the-ordinary tunic, that went full length to the ground, that had all the different colors, and I'm sure the other guys wore the plain, you know, budget, bargain, store kind. And he had the one from like Von Mar, you know? Mm -hmm. Or Nordstrom in the expensive section. That, That whole store is expensive. In the expensive section. But here's the point. It made him stand out in ways that he probably thought and he did, that he was above the rest and he was special. What needed to be destroyed? See, for him, he needed, he needed to understand you are no better than them, and yet I'm still going to use you. You understand, yeah, you've been coddled, but but, but what I need you to do, I need to break your coddledness. I know that's not a word. I need to break this this place where you are. You need to know how to work. You need to know how to get down and dirty. You need to know how it is to be amongst people who have been abused. You need to feel a little bit of the pressure and maybe some of the oppression. And so he took Joseph on this journey down, but that down was actually building him up. What are the things that God wants destroyed in your life that only the pain that he allows you to go through will do? See, pain gets your attention, man. And you start seeing things that you haven't seen before. You start asking questions that you've not asked before. You start making commitments that you would never make outside of that. Destructive. And so, many times, God allows our pain to be instructive, destructive, and then that last one, I love it, because God doesn't leave you there. He allows it to be constructive. He builds you up. And I love what he did with Joseph in that he first educated him. I'm not saying it's always done in this order, but this time it was. He first educated Joseph, educated on who he You know, who God was, educated Joseph on who he he was, educated him on who his family was. Back up a bit, because I almost forgot, destructive as well was that family rivalry and that dysfunction had to be destroyed, and God used this to destroy that. And what happened to build it up? Because God built up Joseph, because he was willing to be obedient to God in the darkness. God built him up, so after he educated him, then he elevated him. But Joseph needed an education first. There's some of you right now, boy, you are looking for God to elevate you, and God, like, I'm not done educating you. You still need to learn some things about you, about me. That's what he's saying. And he said, then there may be some elevation, but, but, but let me just warn you, that elevation may take you down first. You ever get on an elevator thinking that you're going to go up and it goes down first? And instead of getting off, you decide to stay on because you like, it's going to go up eventually. So you decide to stay on, right? Okay. Please do that with God. If you have trusted your life and yourself to the Lord, and you are constantly looking to Him for for who He is and what He wants to do, when He takes you down, stay on the elevator. Don't get off. Because it's going to go up. I don't know what up means. Your version of up may not be his. Up for you may be him giving you a whole bunch of things that he never actually gives you. And he lets you to realize that what I gave you is me. That's what he says. You have me. And when I'm enough, I know y'all are studying that through in, in the book of Colossians, Jesus is enough. That when he becomes enough, then you actually are elevated, even if physically you aren't because you've been transformed by the renewing of your mind. So those are the three things that God really in the summary of Joseph's life, he instructed him, he allowed some of these things to be destroyed and then he constructed him, He built him back up into the man that God wanted him to be. And look at what happened. He didn't just help him. Joseph saved a whole, I'm sorry, two nations. He saved the nation that would be of Israel in its infancy. He also saved Egypt. The world benefited from his obedience to God. People outside of Christ will benefit from you as you walk in Christ. And remember that. And so the things at the end of his life that... I want us just to remember that he reminds him. He says at the end, verse 24, And Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will visit you and bring you up out of this land to the land that he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. It's that first part that I want you to understand. First part here in this text. God remains, we die. Can we see that? He says, I am about to die. Now, why is that statement important? The I is, he is the, he in their eyes, God used him, yes. But he is the great deliverer, Joseph. God used you mightily. We are where we are in their eyes because of you, Your obedience, what you did, how you directed, your dream, well, we know it came from God, but many times we stop at the person that's being used by God. And what God is reminding us, you're a vessel. I'm the source. You're a vessel. I'm the vessel. He's the source. So when the vessel is no longer in use, the source still remains. So whomever God has been using in your life, when he stops using them or it, whether it is a job, a house, a neighborhood, a group of people, doesn't matter. Whenever God stops using that vessel, let's stop thinking that God is ending. God says, I'm the source. I love that. I'm about to die and I know for them it had to be sad for everyone. I mean, think about what he has done, how he brought the family back together, how he kept them from destroying themselves, how he was this obedient example of humanity before God. I'm about to die, but God. And so when God is ending something, a phase, a part of the journey in life, can we but God that thing? Can we understand, yes, it is sad. Man, it's going to hurt. Yes, it's over. But God, even if what's ending is you, we don't like to talk about that. Even if our time is over, but God, why? Because I'm in Christ. It might be over here, but it's not over. And what God does is that He settles you and I, and He says, Keep your eyes on me. But here's what He says also He didn't just say, But God, but God will visit you. Why did they need that? 400 years would pass. They would turn from being the highlight of Egypt to being the disdain of Egypt. They would go from that group that lived in Goshen because they belonged to Joseph. Yes, they lived apart from us because they weren't our people, but we were blessed because of them. You'll see in the book of Exodus as it begins, it says that the new generation of people, they forgot Joseph. In essence, they forgot the God of Joseph that helped them stay a nation that made it through the famine. But now what we see, though, he tells them, although all these things will happen, God will visit you. See, he knew What God had promised. I love this. He knew and he trusted in and warned them and said, listen, it doesn't matter what happened. If I'm no longer in the picture, God still is. You know what bothers me? People that think if they are not in your life, your life will end. It's going to be over, man. If I'm not here, if I'm not here blessing you, it's over. I'm like, dude, when you give me life, When you bring me salvation, when you promise me eternal life, when you sustain me in the darkness, then I'll believe that statement. Until then, go have a seat. See, the issue becomes this. We need to stop letting people be the end all in our lives and then let them be a vessel used by God at an appropriate time. Because that's what we are—vessels of God, being used in someone else's life. Parents, friends, relatives, co-workers, bosses—it doesn't matter. God is preeminent, and He reminds them. He says, "God remains." I just put it just simple: we die. But then as he goes down, he makes that promise. He says, I'm about to die. God will bring you up out of this land. And see, they're probably thinking, you know, well, we don't even know how long we're going to be here. We'll be here just through the famine, and then we'll get out. How many of you made those kinds of promises? Oh, I'll only be here for just a little bit, and then I'm gone. I'll tell you, I made that promise. I did. I did. When we moved here, knows. Yeah, we'll be here for about two years, and then we're going to go back to New York. That's the longest two years on record, y'all. <laughs> I was like, we're going to be here for about two years, and then we move back to New York. I was like, yeah, how'd that work out, Curtis? I stopped making them kind of promises. Lord, where are you going? That's all it is now. What you doing, Lord? God, if you say the same, this is what we're going to do. See, issue becomes for us, we don't know how God's leading. In other words, where it will keep us, how long it will keep us there, whether we like it or not, whether we wish it were different. We don't know. Here's what we do know. God will bring you out. That's all you need to know. Because what that does for you is that you just keep holding on, and you just keep holding on. It doesn't matter. So he says here, God remains, we die. But then also, the second one, God brings us out. God brings us out. We are just vessels. What Joseph was reminding them is, I'm not bringing you out. As good as I am, as great as I've been, I'm not your deliverer. And somebody here today needs to hear that. Whomever God is using in your life, they are not your deliverer. Period. Whatever. He is using in your life. It is not your deliverer. He is. And regardless of how long it takes, it doesn't mean that God has have a problem delivering. It just means that His timing is different than yours. That's all it means. So second one, God brings us out. We're just vessels. And he says, verse 25, Then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. He makes them promise. I love this. Now here, look at the picture. Joseph has been carrying them, and one day they will carry him. I love that. Why? Why? Because none of us are a God until ourselves. We either help to carry or need to be carried. You know what? Sometimes we go, I love to help, but I don't like to be helped. Mm, Be careful with that because that's a little bit of the seeds of pride and arrogance. I can't be helped. Mm, God says, oh, yes, you can. And I can put you in a position where you're going to love to help. See, the issue is God carries us out we are just vessels that's it we are just let people help you some of us are struggling crying to god god i need help god says i got a boatload of people waiting to help you but you ain't want nobody help you god can you carry me i got five people waiting to carry you what you gonna do See, the issue become God created this community, didn't he? The Christian community God created. And in that, he intends for that Christian community to do several things. And we see it in Scripture that we support one another. We pray for one another. We give to one another. When when, when the other's in need, we come to the other's aid without holding it above them going, you remember when I did that for you? No, and he says, you are there as brothers and sisters because I've given you something. Don't believe me? Go to Corinthians when he talks about the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our distress. Why? So that we can comfort others in theirs with the comfort that we've received. He sent a plan out. He says, look, your comfort isn't just for your comfort. Your comfort... When I comfort you, it is for you and whoever else I bring along that you can help with what you've gone through. Please let's stop that. They need to get their own. They need to do that on their own. I'm not helping them. That's not God. Because he could say, oh, that's how it is. Oh, so when you call for help next time, I'm going to tell you, no, you need to go through that yourself. I'm not helping you. That's yours. See, God doesn't do that. And so for us in the Christian community, we know God places us in this community to carry and one day to be carried. I love that example that he has from Joseph. Joseph says, look, and it's a promise too. It's a prophetic word. It's a promise. You will carry me out. We are not staying here. Can I tell somebody today, stop getting end all comfortable with this world? He was telling them, our home is not Egypt. If you know anything from Scripture, you'll also see throughout it, Egypt is used always as a type of the world and its systems that is opposed to God. And so we see it that we're in the world and not of it, right? They were in Egypt, although they were not Egyptian. And so they were, um, Joseph was reminding them, One day we're out of here to the land that God promised. Okay, hello. Can I tell somebody today? As a believer, one day we're out of here. And it's not to Israel. One day God will carry us out. And it's a reminder here. The reminder is... Don't get settled where you don't want to leave. Enjoy the time or endure the time here, but please know one day you're out of here. You're gone. Live like it. And so they utilized Egypt, but they were not to think that it was the end all. And lastly and ultimately, What Joseph did for them, he told them it's all about God. You notice what he did? He took the focus off of himself and placed it solely and squarely on the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the covenanting God, the God of promise, the God who's sovereign, the God who he will carry out his purposes. Joseph said, look, y'all. God has used me, but it's all about God. And I want to say to y'all today, whomever God uses, whether it's me or one of you in all of our lives, thank you, but it's all about God. I'm glad that you are being used by God. I look and I thank you, but I look beyond you and I say to God, thank you for providing them. Thank you for using them. Thank you for giving them. But God, make no mistake, is you? Because if they end, you'll bring another. If this ends, you'll bring another. If the job ends, he may, he may not bring another just like it. Let me help you. But he will provide for you. I'm learning that. God says, I'm the source. Everything else is a vessel. And so I love how Joseph lived his life. He allowed his pain to be instructive, destructive, and constructive. But then he also ended it well in that he said, Look, God is the one who is and remains our focus. Let me ask you today, what are you going to do in life, in your journey, in your successes and in your failures in those in those wonderful mountains that you climb and you reach the top and then those mountains that you fall down and it seems like you lose ground what are you going to do with God and his Christ see his salvation made it such that we walk this journey with purpose. Joseph was able to walk his journey because his purpose was tied to the character of God. What is your journey purpose? Is it just for you to attain something, to acquire a status or position? Or is it really about God leaning in and getting to know him, follow him, being used by him so one day you can say, I'm about to die, but God. And as a result, hundreds, thousands of people were blessed by a life we'll live, I look in this room, and I think if every last one of us lived an obedient life for Christ in our areas of influence outside of this place, if we all lived in such a way that we honored God to where when we ended it, we were saying, I'm about to leave, but God still remains. Can you imagine this group, small group right here, how this city and our world would be dramatically transformed if one man god can use to save a nation what can god do to a room with a room full of people committed to him until the day they die that's what we learn from joseph and i say for you and i man let's look, look 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 let's get living so we can pass this thing on to other people And them, listen, hey, God is all that. Live for him. Now's your turn. And we help them to live out, realizing that he is all in all. You've been listening to the Solid Word Bible Church podcast, and we trust that you've been blessed. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at solidword.org. Thank you for joining us today, and we'll see you next week.